Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you, and today is Friday, March 26th. We've got the best of the week from Jaguars Broadcasting, including the newest Jaguars visiting TIAA Bank Field for the first time. Left tackle Cam Robinson's excitement for the future. ESPN's Field Yates looking at the Jaguars' reload. Plus, NFL Network reporter Judy Batista previews next week's owners meeting and looks at what's next for NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. Remember to subscribe to the Jaguars official podcast network, available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Give us the five-star treatment as always. Let's start Monday. More Jaguars free agent additions arrived at TIAA Bank Field to meet their new co-workers and officially sign their deals. They also met the media over a Microsoft Teams video conference. On the offensive side, the Jags added tight end Chris Manhurts and running back Carlos Hyde. But then they focused the attention to the wide receiver room. Tenth-year veteran Marvin Jones Jr. joined the Jags and discussed his time under Jags offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel in Detroit and his role as the old man in the room. Uh, I think it's just the camaraderie that we have with with each other, just the the leader that he is. You know, obviously his his offense, um, it, you know, kind of speaks to itself, speaks for itself. Um, you know, with the success that he's had, um, you know, since he's been in the league, and it's just a fun offense. It's a fun offense where I could. Go inside, go outside, do uh, a lot of the things that you know I didn't do before. You know, having uh, before having this offense, so um, it's a lot of stuff that that you could do, and um, it's I, th- I think it's it fits perfect for me. So, yeah. One other question: Don't take this the wrong way, but how does it feel as your career progresses to be kind of the old man in the wide receiver room? That's what you're going to be here, and and how do you mentor and help the younger receivers go along? Oh, well, I mean, it feels good, you know, obviously, because I'm still here and I'm still playing at the top of my game. So, um, you know, just like I just I just uh, met everybody, met the young receivers and um, they they didn't know I was 31. <laughs> so they were like, man, you look you look like you look like us. I'm like, yeah, you know, I said, so, you know, I'll, I'll show you the way I'll show you how to how to get there. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm here. I'm here to be that mentor and and, you know, for, for them to follow for them to follow me, um, you know, I, um, I love that. And I, I love that type of pressure. And um, yeah, so it, it feels good. Another wide receiver addition, Philip Dorsett. He was a first round pick in 2015 by the Colts out of Miami. And he was later traded to the Patriots as part of the Jacoby Brissett deal. And he missed last season in Seattle with a foot injury. He says he's fully healthy now. And he also explained the impact that Urban Meyer's arrival in Jacksonville had on his decision. He played a big factor. I mean, we all know what he's done at different programs in, in college, um, how he's a, he's a team builder. I mean, his uh, his philosophy, it, it aligns with, with my philosophy. I mean, it's just he's really big in, the, into, in speed, sports performance, um, and just getting the guys ready to go out there and just play hard and play fast, play physical. You know, it's just something that I, I mean, we just we clicked on that, and um, that's what brought me here. And finally, originally a defensive back, converted to a wide receiver, but brought here as a returner, Jamal Agnew. He was a 2017 first-team All-Pro returner and has a history of big-time field-flipping plays on special teams. Every team talks about the importance of special teams, but the Jags put their money behind it in free agency. It definitely means a lot to me just to know my skill set is being valued as it is. I feel like special teams is a very important aspect of the game, and you don't really realize in that realize that until something catastrophic happens. 
you know, I want to come in and, and be that spark. I want to I want to bring the juice. Um, you know, I want to create create energy plays, spark plays. Um, you know, I love doing that. Like that that stuff's fun to me. It was kind of weird last year without fans. Um, you know, I'm I'm running a big return back and it's kind of quiet. So it's just like what's going on. But, you know, I'm here. We're going to have, you know, 100 percent capacity. So I can't wait to, to house call that first one in, in this stadium. Rudy Ford, another one of those special teams additions in free agency, and look for the full press conferences of all the players who have arrived in Jacksonville on Jaguars.com. On to Jaguars Reporters Tuesday, Ashwin Sullivan, John Osher, Brian Sexton, and I react to some of the highlights from Monday, and we each picked a new player to go a little more in-depth into. Brian chose who we heard from earlier, Marvin Jones. Here, here's my reaction to him. Okay, they're not going to draft a receiver in the first round, right? Because yeah. you're adding Marvin Jones, or even maybe the second, Marvin Jones and Philip Dorsett to LaVisca, Colin, and DJ. Wow. It's a group. Okay, you got that group now. You go find another receiver somewhere down the road. But the other thing that it said to me was they are going to throw the ball a lot here. Yeah. A lot. With a quarterback. They're going to throw that it a lot. we all have a name. It's, idea. It, they're going to throw it a lot. So the mentality of run first, which was here 17, 18, 19, 20, gone. Yeah. <laughs> this team is going to throw the ball. Side note, John, have you Googled his American Idol performance? <laughs> I have not. I, I was assuming, Slim that you would take care of that angle for us, for Jaguars reporters, you would cover that. Is American Idol, is that on TikTok? Is that one of those TikTok things, Shalyn? Is that what they that is? They have a TikTok channel, and it was from the 2018 okay, season. It was like, kind of, I don't know if it made it on the finalized show, but it was kind of like behind the scenes. But they're like, Katy Perry. You know Katy Perry. She's a hit maker, John. She was blown away. She kissed a girl and she liked it, right? Jeez. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> That was the song. Joe, turn my mic off. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So, yeah, do yourself a favor just, and Google Marvin Jones' American Idol performance. It was thrilling. Well, there are some guys, and all kidding aside, we've all been through free agency enough where there are some guys who, when they walk into a building, you can tell that they are going to own it in terms of being there for the media, in terms of being a leader. You've been closer to him, Schlen, than any of us just by having a chance to talk to him. He strikes you as there's a little bit of Calais when Calais came in of immediately becoming a veteran leader as if he's been here for eight or nine years already. But he has that personality type. When Calais got here, it was as if he had spent all 10 years with the Jaguars. You need those kind of guys. It strikes me that Marvin Jones might be that kind of guy. Could not agree more. Slam dunk. Yeah, and I'll say this too, just to get it out there. I I said earlier, you know, he's lived a lot of life. I didn't know about American Idol. That's one part of it. Mm -hmm. But uh, not that long ago, uh, he and his wife lost an infant son. So he and he almost quit football. And there was a point where he didn't want to do this anymore. He didn't want to do a lot of things anymore. And he explained yesterday that he quickly, after getting together with his family. Decide, you know what, this this is the right thing to be around. So it's not just a football player mm-hmm. catching touchdowns. He has his priorities in order, and Very I think much. that will go a long way in this locker room. How many times did Jamal Agnew say he's an incredible father? Yeah. I heard it at least three times, and that, that I left thinking, okay, I can't wait to talk to him yeah. and find out what he does with his kids and why and what makes him such an incredible father. Yes. so important to find out what kind of people they are. And you find out by the way that you treat your kids. Mm-hmm. 
overall, this seems like a, a really cool guy. And it was funny after the interview, one more side note, he, he looked at the cameras. He goes, oh, my God, those are red cameras. He's like, and I saw you guys walking around with Ari cameras. And we're like, <laughs> you know what those are? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm really into the production side of TV. And, and this is awesome. You guys have this equipment. We're like, what? Great. Um, we're going to be asking you to be in front of these quite a bit. Yeah, like get used to this. <laughs> if you're liking this, there's more where this comes from. So, yes, overall, Marvin Jones, safe to say, impressed us. The Jaguars Reporters Podcast, Monday afternoon on the Jaguars Official Podcast Network. Moving along to Wednesday and the Huddle Up Podcast. NFL media analyst Bucky Brooks, John Osher, and I broke down Bucky's latest mock draft on NFL.com. What will the Jags do at number one? It seems pretty obvious, but the number 25 pick... Not so much. Well, let's get to Jaguars' needs now. Free agency is underway. First wave is done. We'll see if there are other additions down the line. But with all these additions, you've got to adjust your mock drafts accordingly. And, Bucky, you've done just that. Yours hit on Tuesday, 2.0, first-round mock draft. What do you have for the Jaguars? Well, obviously, we can go with Trevor Lawrence at number one because he's the face of the franchise. He's exactly what we want uh, at the position, leadership ability, big-time arm talent, athleticism. He appears to be in lockstep with uh, what Urban wants in terms of at that position. So he's a no-brainer at number one. I think the interesting thing is getting down to 25, what direction will the Jaguars go? We talked about the needing to upgrade the defensive line. They need a dominant or an elite defensive lineman. I don't know if there's one that's sitting there at 25. And so let's make sure we go to the back end and find someone in the middle of the field that can make plays. And so for me, I'm, I'm believing that Trevor Morgan from TCU is a guy that is certainly of interest. When you go back and study how Joe Cullen, the defense that the Ravens played, how Ohio State played under Urban, which was split safety defense, your strong safety and your free safety, you need to be able to cover in man-to-man. They need to be able to beat factors against the run. They'd be able to make plays. He is the best playmaker at the position of safety. And with his skill set, I mean, you talk about having an opportunity to have an all-star at the position. If he's there at 25, I think it's a no-brainer. Okay, uh, Bucky, we all know that in your next mock draft, you'll pick somebody else because that's what all us <laughs> mock drafters do. So who will you pick for them in your – like, I guess what I'm getting at is there's two or three directions they could go here. I agree with you that uh, this kid makes a lot of sense. You see Barmore. What other – logical spots would there be at 25 to you because you'll change the next one i know, you know you. yeah i mean maybe i don't know like i have to think <laughs> about it like I I, I I i wrestled so hard with it all over the weekend that maybe i can come up with another thing a lot of it depends on what they feel like internally about cam robinson and offensive yep. tackle because this is a year where you may have six seven guys that carry first round grades at that position it wouldn't be a bad idea if you sit in 25 to take a good offensive tackle if you if he's sitting there. In that range, you could potentially be talking about Jeremy Mayfield from Michigan. Uh, I think uh, Coach Meyer would say that school up north. Um, yeah, Mayfield, <laughs> they could be sitting there. You have the potential of uh, uh, Kevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State also being available. And the surprise name, they could be a first-rounder, would be Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame. If you beef up that offensive line and make sure that the quarterback is protected, you can never go wrong. And so I, I view the game as a game of chess. And the number one rule in chess is protect the king. And so if Trevor Lawrence is going to be the king, 
Make sure you protect them, and you can protect them with a big offensive line. The Huddle Up podcast hits Wednesday mornings at 8 o'clock on the official Jaguars podcast network that you're listening to right now. When we return, Cam Robinson explains his interactions with Urban Meyer. Plus, Field Yates looks at the Jaguars' reload. And what's next for NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell with Judy Batista? All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSP, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And season ticket renewals are underway. And existing season ticket members, including those who are on pause in 2020, need to lock in their seats now. Demand is sky high this offseason. The renewal deadline is April 9th. And of course, the Jags look to play in front of a full capacity crowd in the 2021 season. For more, look for your renewal link in your email, visit jaguars.com, or call 904-633-2000. Check out the official Jaguars Podcast Network, a free subscription on Apple iTunes or Spotify. This program every Friday, of course. Jaguars reporters on Mondays, the Huddle Up Pod Wednesday, the Ozone Podcast mixes in there occasionally. Give us a comment and a five-star rating. Now to the Jaguars offensive line and left tackle Cam Robinson. He was franchise tagged by the Jags and is signed the tender, so the entire line should be in place from last season. Ashlyn Sullivan caught up with him this week to discuss his interactions with Urban Meyer, running it back with the O-line, and the bright future for the organization. What are those expectations, and how have those combos gone? Um, the combos went really well. Um, I think I met Urban honestly when I was in college, because uh, he was still coaching at Ohio State when I was in school, so I met him a, a while ago back then, and um I was able to, you know, meet him again uh, when he when he first got to Jacksonville. You know, we were able to talk um, on the phone a lot, and then we were able to sit down and, you know, have have a um, in, have a couple in person meetings. And he was just, you know, his expectation level for me is high. You know, what I'm saying he, he thinks that um, I think everyone in the building they know they know what um, where my potential level is and how high my ceiling is and um, how good I can be. Just as long as just keep getting better every year, and I just keep getting better every day. You know, just one percent better every day, and um. The same way they have high expectations for me, I have high expectations for myself. So I'm just looking forward to, you know, like new beginnings and just, you know, almost like a, not really a fresh start, but a fresh start at the same time. Yeah, expectations are a great thing. And, and Cam, something that drives us crazy on the shows is that there's this narrative when things don't go exactly according to plan. It's, okay, we'll start over and just blow it up. And it's interesting that this offensive line group We've been told for so many seasons this is a really high point for this team. And you have your coach back, George Warhop. You have all the starting mm-hmm. offensive linemen back. You have Tyler Shatley re-signing. And I'm sure especially with the offensive line, how important is that that this group is staying the, sta- the same and you guys can trust each other? Um, that's, that's, I, can't even put word, I can't even put it into words. Just the offensive line, um, cohesiveness and togetherness is, 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 is literally everything. Um, all five of us have to be on the same page at all times. If one person is off, it, 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 it can wreck the whole play. So um, I think just for us, keeping the, being able to keep the room together with our head coach and with all our pieces, 
Um, we know we know what we got in our offensive line room. So, I mean, I think the talk never really kind of phases us because we know, you know what I'm saying, we know what we have and we know what type of talent we have in there. Now we're just looking forward to, you know what I'm saying, just like I said, like a fresh start and just kind of, you know, trying to establish trying to establish our identity and trying to establish what we're trying to get done. And that fresh start, I don't know if you can feel it in Dallas, but in Jacksonville there is this sense of optimism. The number one overall pick, 11 draft picks, and you're not really the type of guy I'm getting the feeling that's rah-rah, you know, jumping on the table excited, but are you optimistic? Are you looking forward to this year? Oh, yeah, of course. I'm optimistic. That's just my personality. I'm laid back. Uh, I'm kind of reserved into myself a little bit. So um, that's just me as a person. But, of course, it's always exciting when you can, you know what I'm saying, we, we do have the first pick and we are – well, I guess I can't really say we, um Yeah, we do have the first pick. So, <laughs> so we're so we going to um, – so, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And um, whoever we pick with the first pick. <laughs> Damn, whoever I get we pick where you're with going. The first pick, I get it. I get where you're going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next question. <laughs> Funny stuff there at the end from Cam Robinson. The full conversation available on Jaguars.com. Also this week, a national perspective on the Jaguars reload. Field Yates is an NFL insider for ESPN, and he sat down with the crew on Jags drive time Tuesday morning. You build more so through the draft and free agency at times. History shown hasn't worked. It's not worth all that money at times. Yeah, I think it's really important to start here with free agency. And I think it really, I would say the offseason in general is that you need to be honest about your timeline in the NFL because the more honest you are, the better your process and in turn, the results will be. So the Jaguars had, if memory is correct, somewhere around $80 million at the start of the new league year or whenever the legal tampering period actually began, which is as much money as anybody in the NFL. We know they have tons of draft capital. They aren't shopping for a quarterback this offseason, which is always the most expensive position in free agency. They'll be shopping for that quarterback in the draft, of course. But just because you have the ability to spend does not give you the license to spend as much as you have available. And if you're Jacksonville, there's no doubt in my mind this team's going to be improved next year. There's no doubt in my mind that over the next five or seven years, they're going to be a franchise that other teams are envious of because of the nucleus of talent they're going to build around presumptive number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence. But if you just go big and spend in free agency because you're buying players usually at the prime of their career, where I'm not saying things just dramatically go downhill right away, but by the end of the contract, four years from now, those guys might be on the back end of their best ability. If you just spend a ton of money in free agency relentlessly during the, you know, the first year of the Trevor Lawrence experience, you may not be sort of tying in your ascension with his ascension. That isn't to say that rookies can't play really well. We saw it from Justin Herbert last year, and we've seen young quarterbacks have a lot of success. But this is not a one-year plan that Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke are endeavoring into right now. They're endeavoring into a long-term plan. They improved in free agency, but they've also preserved a ton of resources. They're going to be incredibly valuable going forward. Jags Drive Time airing Tuesday mornings at 10 on the Jaguars' social media channels. Let's finish this week with NFL media reporter Judy Batista. She jumped on with Jeff Lagerman and me on Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Thursday afternoon, and we went through next week's virtual annual meeting, where league owners will vote on the addition of a 17th regular season game. Plus, the legacy of NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell with labor peace and a new media deal in place. 
The big thing is that they're going to go ahead with the 17-game regular season and trim the preseason down to three games. I don't think you'll get too many people crying about the loss of a preseason game. Um, but that's that's the big change. I mean, it's a huge change, and they will talk about how those games are going to be scheduled and what the matchups will be. But that's obviously a gigantic change to the NFL calendar. It pushes everything back. The Super Bowl will get played a week later. I think it now will fall on President's Day weekend. So that's actually really good for your Super Bowl parties that you'll have the next day off. Um, but you know, that's a that's a huge a huge change for the NFL. Yeah, that, that's a big change. I, I'm, I'm I'm surprised it's going to stay at three preseason games, Judy. I mean, one regular season game is worth two in the preseason all day long. <laughs> you can argue that point all day long, and I think what the owners would come back and tell you is like, you know, there's revenue. Like, the, if you've cut a preseason game, you lose revenue, you lose ticket sales, you lose parking, you lose concessions, and all of that money comes out of the pot that gets split with the players. So. That's how they arrived at 17 and three. And Judy, with Commissioner Goodell, labor peace, TV deal in place, what's next for Roger Goodell? Uh, he probably wants to take a nap. It has been some year. <laughs> I mean, it's it's been a very good year for him, but obviously an incredibly stressful, busy year for everybody in the NFL. Um, they got the labor deal done a year ago. It, passed by 60 votes of the players. I mean, it was a very slim margin. And then almost immediately they had to turn right around and go back to the negotiating table because you realize you're going to play a season in the middle of a pandemic. They had to make a decision. Are you playing a season in the middle of a pandemic? They had to redo the labor deal to account for what they knew was going to be a drop in revenue. And then they had to navigate through a pandemic, which was no small undertaking. I I, I mean, I think this has been his finest work, getting them through the pandemic. It it took a lot. It took a lot of will and it took a lot of manpower and certainly it took a lot of financial resources. Uh, but they did it and they did it on time. And, and that's um, a, a great deal of credit has to go to the commissioner who decided early on they were going to keep moving and they were going to keep the season on track and they managed to do it. Um, and now you've got the big media deals. And um, I think if you ask uh, the commissioner, he would tell you himself, like, the, that's the last CBA and the last media deal he is going to be around for as the commissioner. I don't think he wants any part of, of those processes in another 10 years. Judy's the best. Jaguars Happy Hour Radio airs Thursday at 4 p.m. on 1010XL AM Radio in Jacksonville and on Jaguars social media accounts. That will do it for this week. And can you believe we are inside five weeks from the start of the 2021 NFL Draft? We'll have plenty of draft discussion coming up in the month ahead. Remember again to subscribe to the official Jaguars Podcast Network on Apple iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Leave us a comment and give us five stars. And have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank.